Welcome back to another episode of our Prayer is Breathing podcast. My name is Latoya and I want to thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to jump right in with a testimony. So excited to have my sister on, Shanti Johnson. Thank you. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I'm originally from New York. I've been in Charlotte for a little over eight years. And I'm a teacher. I am married to um, Brian Johnson. I met him at a church that we attended to um, a couple of years after I moved to Charlotte. And we have this large family. But it is me, my husband, and just us. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I became a Christian at the age of 14, but I grew up in a church. Um, at the age of six, I moved to Maxton, North Carolina, and my stepmom um, introduced me to church. We went back and forth to church all the time, and I would hear little sprinkles of seeds while I was growing up, but it wasn't until I be- moved back to New York that I started really seeing those words come to pass from my own life. and. I felt like God always had, I always had a connection with God because I felt him. Like I always had those moments where I felt him and I would feel so guilty if I did the wrong thing because I just knew he was watching me. So that's what guided me to being saved when I was 14. And then going forward, um, I was the only one who was saved around me because I went back to live with my mom in the Bronx, New York. So it was like me and God against everybody that was around me. My sisters, everybody just looked at me like this stuck up little goody two shoes. And so I I carried that for a year, but there was a lot of dark moments even in that that God definitely pulled me out of. All right. So tell us about some of those dark moments. Um, I had, I definitely had some times where I felt like I wanted to end my life because I felt like it was just me. And I slipped into this deep depression. I ended up being very guilt-ridden over the fact that I became pregnant at the age of 16 and had my son at the age of 17. And I finished school. I had him walk, you know, across the aisle with me, but I wasn't able to provide for him and do with him the way I wanted. And then when me and his father split, it was just kind of just me. And we co-parented a lot, but family was broken and I slipped into this depression that I didn't easily snap out of and because of how strong I was in my faith I didn't understand that part like I didn't understand why is it that I know God exists and I know that he's gonna take care of me but I couldn't snap out of what I felt so it was times where I just wanted to just walk and just jump over a bridge and God was always like no this is bigger than you like when do this you're going to stop this when you if you end your life you stop what I have going later on so I had a lot of moments where he really just showed me who he was and it wasn't until I walked in the house one day after really feeling like I wasn't enough for my son and my son pointed to the bible and the bible was open and he pointed to joy comes in the morning and he was only like two years old and I just started and he just looked at me calmly and just pointed and I told God like you're just speaking to me on every single level. So my son played a huge part in pulling me out of that depression, but God used him to show me that he's still here and not to let it defeat me. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. So walk with us through that process. Um, One, let's talk about, you said you knew you were depressed. You kind of went into a deep depression. What did that look like for you? What did depression look like for you? nothing made me happy um I knew that I was doing okay I was in school I was working but I wasn't satisfied with anything and then 
the biggest thing that gave me joy was my son and at a moment that that wasn't enough either and then I I didn't realize until later on that that depression had nothing to do with me it was really for me to recognize it in other women but God didn't reveal that to me until much later on in my life but it just was a gloomy dark place where no matter what was going on around me I just sucked up the negativity that I'll just look for negative things and I would keep it in. I never was openly just being negative, but I would just really harbor in a lot of feelings. And then I would have moments where I was angry with God. Like, like, where's my joy? Like, why is it that I'm not feeling different? But it wasn't until I became numb to fear in him that I realized that it was that subtle moment where I use this frog analogy where you don't even realize when someone is trying to cook a frog, the frog is very comfortable in that water. And slowly, slowly, slowly turning the fire up. And by the time the water is too hot, and by the time they realize they're boiling, they're too weak to jump out. And when I realized that I didn't even fear God, I thought about that, that way that, like, that they cook a frog. Like, I am so deep in this. And Satan has been turning this up and really submerging me into something that is not of God, that I became so comfortable that I didn't realize that I was about to be done and completely boiled for, and I was too weak to get out of it and the wisdom in that is what allowed me to say that I had to snap out of this like I had to because I knew God more than that wow so talk to us about that process of trying to snap out of it so I had moments where there was things going on in my life that the only person who can get the glory out of it was God so um, I had people kind of like turning against me I had close family members doing things that I knew um just there's no way you do this to people that you love and when I realized that there was I felt like it was the world against me God was like he I felt like he was clearly talking to me either I move you or you move I'm trying to shift you somewhere and you're trying to stay in this place so this feeling of depression that you feel is not because something is wrong with you it's because I'm trying to shift you and you're staying stuck where you are and if you don't move, I have to create a surrounding that's uncomfortable for you to live in. So I started giving the enemy way too much credit for the things that was going on around me. Like if things was going wrong, I was saying, oh, Satan is this. And say I was just glorifying him whether I realized it or not. And it wasn't until I was stuck in this corner to the point where me and my children, like we had nowhere to go. And God was like, you move or I move you. But when I'm trying to shift you, if you're going to continue to stay in something that is not going to grow, I can't do anything with you. So I really just, it was just a lot of downfalls. And when I realized that the downfalls wasn't because something was wrong, it was because it was my shift. I started appreciating the 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 trauma, the, like all the things that was going on around me because I knew where I was going. And that boldness to make that decision that's when I knew that that was God. Like, okay, this, I don't fit here. I'm shrinking to fit as opposed to elevating myself for me and my son. So I really had to, I had a lot of moments where I was studying the Bible and I was looking at Hannah and she made her promise that if God gave her her son, she'll give him back. That's the promise I made when I was pregnant with my son. And God reminded me when I was going through everything, like I didn't give you that son for you to just sit here and hold him. You guys are destined for something much greater, but you have to move. Like you can't just stay stuck. And that was that comfort level that I was in that was very dangerous and that was a part of that depression but it was really to shift me to where I needed to be Mm. at that time 
That's good. That's so good. And I know you said that you knew that you had purpose. Mm -hmm. So talk to some people that may not feel that they have purpose. Because I think we stay stuck when we don't realize that we have purpose inside of us. So when God spoke to your heart Mm -hmm. and you knew you had purpose, how can you help someone that does not know um, their purpose or if they even have a purpose? Well, I immediately thought when you said that about when I was in college and I'm sitting there and for some reason the professor kept talking about Christ. This wasn't a divinity school. Like there was, there was nothing Christian about this class, but he kept bringing up Christ and he kept looking at me. And the amazing thing was that I, I usually walk around with my Bible. I never took my Bible um, out of my book bag. Like I never... I felt like there was no evidence that I was a Christian. I was simply a student in class. And he would always bring up Christ and look at me and say, well, all of these babies are dying and this just happened and what kind of God would allow children to die? And he was just going on and on and on. And I noticed every time I looked up and my respect for him wouldn't let me say anything. And then after a while, I stood up and I was like, I'm sorry, you know, there's a divinity class that's right down the hall. Would you like to go teach that class? And he was like, no. He was like, but I need you to help me understand why God would do something like that. And I looked at him and I was like, why are you asking me? And then when I asked that, I was like, you're asking me because you see who's in me. And sometimes our enemies can even help us see what our purpose is. Right. And the fact that he was constantly attacking me and my Christianity, and I didn't even think that I was showing it, it showed me that, like, there's something bigger than this. So right after that class, and I said what I had to say, I don't even remember what scriptures that I used, but that day I took that Bible out of my book bag, and I started defending my God, and then this girl came up to me right after and said, she said, I never believed in God. I actually felt like there was no existence out there, but I remember saying, if there is a God, somebody better show me. And she said that she said that right before she joined this class. And so I immediately saw that that conversation wasn't about me and him. It was about her. Mm. So my purpose was to show her who God was in that moment. And so I feel like when it comes to our purpose being revealed, God sets the stage. What angers you, Mike Murdoch, he's a wisdom key teacher, and he said what angers you is your assignment. And there will be things that will just create a fire in me and I guess that's why I'm a teacher today because there were so many things that I just found wrong in the education system and everything but I think that if we really pay attention to not what angers us in a way to make us irate and disrespectful but what we're passionate about those were those things that God gave us to expose who he needed us to what whatever he needed us to do for him which was our purpose and I would notice that there was especially young women or women my age that would come to me and say, well, I didn't realize this until I was around you. Or because of your facial expressions, I wouldn't even come and talk to you. But after I spoke to you, I see more of Christ than I did before. And then I would have people that were older that showed me Christ that would tell me sometimes you got to really understand that you're going to be the only Jesus that some people might ever encounter. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful on how you treat people, how you interact with people. So I started feeling like my purpose once I turned my attention to Christ, he started exposing what he was using me for. And it was always through encounters through other people. So good. <laughs> I love it. So even in that encounter, I think you're talking a lot about too, just you actually had to believe that you had a purpose. So what helped you to believe that there would be purpose on the other side of everything that you were going through at that time? There were so many times that I gave up on me and I had strangers pulling me out of places and paying for things that would elevate me to the point where I am a teacher even now. I had so many parts of my life where when I decided to give up, there was somebody just saying, no, that's that's not meant for you to give up. Mm. 
And when it comes to all of these, um, I don't want to say trials and tribulations, but that's simply just what it is. I really feel like iron sharpens iron. If it wasn't for my hard times, I wouldn't have any idea how strong my faith was. So I use that more as a strengthening tool than a weakness. But that purpose, when I found more of that, you can't, if you're a Christian, you cannot get very far without learning God for yourself through his word. We can't just go to church and say, okay, well, the pastor said this, so I'm going to apply it to my life. I would take what I heard and I would, and I would try to exercise it for myself. And I would challenge God. Like you said, you can't lie. I'm dealing with this. I need you to help me fix this. Or I need you to pull me out of this. And there were so many moments where he did things for me that I knew man couldn't get credit for. But I had to dive in to get to know him. I had to develop an intimate relationship with God that didn't depend on my mom, my stepmom, that didn't depend on my pastor, that didn't depend on the um, the ministers that were over me and helping me into my purpose. When I started being selfish enough with my relationship with God to strengthen it myself, he exposed me to a deeper level of him. And my husband couldn't get credit for that. My father couldn't get, like, there was just things that, God is a jealous God. I I could not give anybody the credit for the things that he has elevated me through. And when your own mother can look at you and say, I don't know how you made it this far. That spoke volumes to me because that's the person who say, oh, you're strong. But she would look at me and say, I couldn't even get through half the stuff that you went through. And so I kept saying, that was God. If, if they see nothing else, they see that the strength wasn't mine and it was his. So it was through those moments of me figuring out who he was through his word and diving in and seeing how he saved people in the Bible and how he honored those who honored him. I said, well, if you did it for them, then obviously you're going to do it for me. And I had this boldness with God, like, you have to do this because I'm yours. So you, you pretty much have to. Right. And now I got to do my part. But make sure you do yours so we can be all right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then also I would say that you allow the word of God to change your perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a big deal because you could have picked like the road of defeat or decided that you were going to be a champion. Um, And so you can see that fight in you. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to people that are um, just deciding to just be defeated? And a lot of times we don't know that we're deciding to be defeated, but somewhere inside of you, a warrior had to rise up to yeah. even hold on to the word of God, mm-hmm. to even grab the word of God and to even say, I'm going to apply this to my life. So what kind of switched for you to be able to do that? When you know that you've already won, it's very hard for you to accept that you've been defeated. Mm-hmm. But that's the goal is understanding that you've already won. When you, um, I remember watching the Passions of Christ, and then every time I went through something, I would just visualize Jesus on that cross and him saying, oh, I didn't do this for nothing, so you need to get up. Or I didn't do this right. for nothing, so you need to stop crying so much. You need to stop walking around defeated. Because there's a lot of Christians who know they won that still walk around defeated. And that was me when I was in that depression. But I know that's not something somebody's just going to wake up and do. I really do feel like if I could take all of those bad moments away from me, I would not. I can boldly stand on God because of what I went through. So that perspective and knowing that you serve a God that already fought the battles and already did everything and died for it so you wouldn't have to, you got to study who Christ is. This is the part where I feel like Christ, because I'm really big on the Old Testament. I feel like you can't say you're a Christian, but just completely ignore the, the, the Old Testament and because a lot of people just want to focus on there. But when it comes to us really understanding that we already won, 
we got a soldier that already did all this for us. And I had to really dive into who Christ was and what his purpose was for dying for me in order for me to really understand that I can't walk around and knowing that I'm going to have this obstacle and act like it beat me. No, the obstacle is there as a stepping stool for me to get to the next one. It is not to crush me. And that is definitely easier said than done. But I don't want to say fake it till you make it. But what you put out there is what you're creating. So we have to, I mean, I, I remember sharing with you a story about me simply speaking, yeah. like just speaking. Like if, if we understood instead of saying, oh, I'm broke and I'm tired and this person, not doing, if I just, when I started changing the way I spoke, yes. my situation changed. Absolutely. And then especially when you got that demon, like right in your face, trying to defeat you and you looking that person right in the eye and you like, let me look past you for a second and let me talk to the devil behind you and say, you already defeated. This situation is not going to overtake me. It's that boldness of understanding who you serve. Right. So I know it's easier said than done, but I promise he promised that it works. <laughs> So you like a warrior. I love it. It's just fighting, standing on the word of God. And I do remember that story that you talked about. And we take the word of God and we apply it to yes. our lives and apply it to our faith and just decide that we're going to fight spiritually. Yes. Um, and a lot of us, we know how to fight naturally, but we don't really fight spiritually. Right. So when you were saying faith it or fake it till you make it, um, I kind of think about it as walking in your faith, not your feelings. Right. Because your feelings will always drown you. Mm -hmm. But if you walk by faith, then you don't have to worry about like the wishy washiness of your feelings. Yes. So I love that. Tell us about where you are in your journey now. So you went from uh, this little New York girl. You're now in the South. You're married. You're teaching. Mm -hmm. um, you went through kind of a lot as a young girl to the point where even your mom said she didn't know if you would make it. Mm -hmm. So tell us where you are now in the journey and the process. I feel like kind of like a walking miracle almost. Like I think about even, I, you don't got to look too far back. Like I think about where I was last year and say, okay, I'm nowhere near there. But the fact that I have 20 to 21 students in front of me every day that I get to inspire. And the fact that last year during my first year of teaching, I was acknowledged by the state of North Carolina for growing those 21 um, students during my first year. I just really see that God is expanding more of me he's exposing me to more so that way I can reach more and the fact that I realized that is making me not cocky but just more bold like I really to whom much is given given much is definitely expected and I have more enemies now than I ever had but I find that as like this compliment because every level there's a devil. And I always look at this rocket analogy. Like the higher you go up, the more people, the more the pieces are going to fall off. So I know that God is elevating me. So the friendships and the, the people around me that I thought would be there, that's slowly breaking away. And let me take that back. It's not even enemies. It's just simply no purpose in certain people. So the more that that's God is elevating right me. Huh? That's good. <laughs> the more that he's elevating me, it's not that I'm alone. It's just that he's just filtering He's just filtering that process. And there's no way a rocket can reach its highest potential if it's carrying all that baggage. Right. So where I'm at right now is realizing that I don't need the baggage and that I'm actually carrying a lot of that stuff. I'm trying to keep and pull people in. And God is putting me in a position where I can 
influence the lives of children. I can influence the lives of parents because I'm not only ministering to my children, I'm ministering to my parents as well in a not ministering way because we can't really talk about God at school. <laughs> but just the favor that I have on them when they can come in that building and just be wanting to go crazy and then they see me and they're calm. And I'm, and I'm telling them, no, that's not me. That's Christ. Like, that's God. And I'm, he's just using me in so many different ways now to the point where I'm influencing my sisters. And to me, that is the greatest honor because, you know, the people who you know the most, those are going to be the hardest ones to, to convince, to turn their lives around. And the fact that there's so many things going on with my uncle almost losing his life and me gathering up my family to say, you better not say a word about him dying. We're going to call him Hezekiah and we're going to speak 15 years over his life and me demanding that in my family and for them to act like, okay, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, but I'm going to believe you enough to do it. And the fact that they told me my uncle was going to die and now he's like literally on the table today as we speak getting a lung transplant, something that they said his body couldn't even handle. But I told them, we got to speak something different. We have to speak something different. So I'm bolder now with the people closer to me and that I wasn't because I felt like they've known Shanti all her life. So they're not going to listen to me. Now it's like when your mom is saying amen after she talks to you or your own mom don't say a curse or if your sister say it, slip up and talk a little crazy. She's like, oh, excuse me, I apologize. Like they're just respecting the Christ in me. I could not have done that. And then more importantly, when my sister calls me to pray for me or when I'm going through something and she said, you know, we got to pray about this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you, you pray. <laughs> and so it's just like those subtle changes. Yeah. It's those subtle moments that really ignite a whole different mindset. Yeah. And I'm seeing that now. And I'm just, I think that's the, a great honor to me, to be an influence on my own family. That's a victory. Amen. I yeah. agree 100%. <laughs> and I think uh, a lot of times we look at just like the the finish line of thinking that we arrived. And I always think about in life and in God, it's not like a GPS where it's like, you have arrived. Like, right. you never really arrived. Mm -mm. But with everything, God is with us throughout the journey. So you can look back over your life and see the hand of God in everything that you went through. Mm -hmm. Would you change any part of your story and what God brought you through? No. Not one. Because if I change anything, I kind of take away from where I'm at at this very moment. And I'm telling you, I really respect and honor every hard time, more than my easy times, because those are the times where it was easy to push God to the back burner and say, well, I know he got this. But it was those moments that brought me to my knees that every time I think about um, talking to somebody else about Christ, those are the moments I reflect on. I don't reflect on the good so much, wow. but I reflect on, no, this, I know how you feel right now. And the only reason why I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, well, try this Bible. It works. And I've never applied it to show you that it worked. But I will have every single, I just feel like we'll be here for hours if I really broke down every story that I kind of hinted at. But those moments are the ones that are pulling people out of the pits of hell, literally. And those feelings when you feel like you're depressed or you have nothing else, mental illness is so big, but it's not greater than God. And you have so many people saying, well, you need medicine or you need this. And I know God gave us that wisdom for that, but... Depression is kind of a mental illness, too. And if I didn't use any medicine for that, I use God and in, in, in just knowing who to call on. And that's the problem. I know a lot of people just simply don't know who to call on or don't have enough faith to know that it'll work when they do call on him. So those moments that I was in those deep, dark places, that was God preparing me to pull other people out of it. It wasn't about me at all. It wasn't about my son at all. But it was about me being able to relate to another mom who feels like she has no hope for her child. 
even the one that like someone that I'm talking to now she's saying all of this stuff these stories about her and her son and every time I listen to her I can match every story she told me when it comes to me and my son and I just smile and she's looking at me like I'm crazy because she's telling me all this <laughs> stuff but I'm smiling and I'm like no 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 it's, it's okay keep talking I got the answer and I don't have the answer because I read it. I have the answer because I lived it. Right. And I'm a walking testimony of who yes. my God is. And that's it. Amen. Amen. So. And I will say, you know, prayer and, you know, if you need to be on medicine, but we yeah. believe in prayer and then also getting counseling, getting therapy. So just wanted to clear that up or add to that. Listen, this has been such an amazing podcast. I want to thank each of you that tuned in today. I know that you heard something that can inspire you and encourage you to keep moving forward. Make sure you are following us at prayer is breathing on Instagram. Also prayer is breathing on our Facebook group. And if you have any prayer requests, you can email those to prayerisbreathing at gmail.com. Lastly, if you would like any prayer apparel, such as prayer is my weapon or prayer works, check us out at awakechristianclothing.com. You can also follow us at Awake Christian Clothing on Instagram. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, remember prayers, breathing, keep praying and standing on the word of God. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in.